What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It, your weekly movie podcast for movies that have been rebooted, remade, sequelized, or otherwise not original or the start of something. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And this week comes the close of a major franchise, but it's not the first time that major franchise has come to a close. It is, of course, time for No Time to Die, one of the first movies to be delayed because of the COVID-19 pandemic. After nearly two years of a delay, we have it. Daniel Craig's last hurrah as Bond. We are here. It's happening. I'm very excited about it. This is his fifth one. He's been doing this. Really, the funny part about Daniel Craig's run is he's probably been doing it him and Brazen, I guess, but I was so young when I was watching those in theaters. This is really like my high school to now. This is, he's been Bond for most of my movie going time, but I still like Pierce the most. Though really. Craig, especially after this one, is he's getting up there. I mean, I gotta <laughs> say, it's a, it is a, it's a tough fight now. But Terrence, what did you think of No Time to Die? Um. Yeah, I've had three separate tickets to go see this movie, and so I finally get to cash in my third one. No, I really dug this movie uh, a lot. I, um, I'm a huge Craig fan. Craig, to give a little bit of history, Timothy Dalton was probably when I first started actively being aware of who Bond was, but that Golden Eye is the first time that I went to a theater to see Bond, and I have subsequently gone every single time to a theater to watch him, because um, I, I just loved everything about what I was getting on screen. And so uh, Craig, however, had easily become my number one bond and so going into this I was like all right cool and it, he's sort of been doing this really good one so-so one really good one uh and I was hoping that that kept that sort of trajectory and for me it did uh I like this movie a lot I think of all the films and I think that's why I dig it so much is that the emotionality in this is a, a sort of a gut punch and we really don't get anything like that anywhere else in the bond series but I, I think it helps that for the first time probably ever they the bond actor and the studio both know that this is the end and so they've sort of created a story that gives gives the end and so we've got casino royale all the way up to this which have told a beginning middle and end part and i love the payoff i love the story it makes me appreciate some of the ones that i did not like as much a little bit more because the threads continue on through i think this is a really well done flick uh i don't mind the runtime because you're, you're, it's the last time we're going to see Daniel. I'm like, cool, let's do it. Oh, that's, this is it. I don't mind. There are some things that I don't like, uh, and I'll get into that in a bit. But overall, I think Daniel Craig is like one of the perfect send-offs to him. And Carrie, Carrie Fuinaga, directing-wise, does some things in this that I have not seen in some other Bond films. And I'm just like, what is like? There's a fog sequence that my mouth just dropped. I was like, what the hell is happening? Because this is gorgeous. Um, and kudos to him, because he's made a film that not only is emotionally satisfying but when you look at it in comparison to a lot of the other films that exist in this in this long uh franchise it sort of stands out like he's doing some different things here and i'm, I'm here for it i completely agree I, I i loved it but i'm with you like casino royale is probably one of my favorite movie going times i remember seeing it in high school with my friend who had never seen a bond movie i remember leaving and all of us just being like whoa we just saw those Pierce Brosnan movies. They were kind of goofy and fun and there were gadgets and it was adventure and they got worse as they went on, but GoldenEye is still amazing. Right. What was that? <laughs> it was akin to walking out of Batman Begins after seeing Batman and Robin and just being like, oh. Like, okay. this is how it's supposed to be done? This yeah. is so dope. 
Yeah. It was such a, such a cool moment. And he was like, it was such a weird thing because, you know, James Bond is like the, the suave, cool guy. And he's always right. And he's infallible. And he's, he's amazing. But there was something about this like brute. This and blunt, I remember when this he, blunt he got, instrument that they call him all the time. Yeah. And when he got cast, I remember everyone being like, oh, this blonde haired. He's it was a mess. Bulky. Yeah. What are we doing? Blue eyes. That but we don't want any of that. Yeah. I was like, I don't know, guys. There is something about this kind of cool that we don't have. Like he's just incredible and terrifying. And we got to do something we've never done with Bond, which is watch him become James Bond. We got to have a meaningful arc, and I'll talk more about that later. But that was like there's just so many moments for him where he's just like he loses at casino. So he just picks up that butter knife. He's like, I'm going to stab him. I'm just going to go kill him. I'm just going to go get him. And Phoenix is like, like, hold on. I respect this. This is a great moment. Like, this is what I expect a young 007 to do in that black and white intro. Oh, my God. Oh, that bathroom sequence is still one. That Casino Royale always sticks out to me because it goes back to back with the bathroom sequence and then that parkour chase sequence. You're like, okay, I'm sold. I don't don't care what you do for the rest of this film. Yeah, yeah. I almost didn't care what they did for the rest of the franchise. (laughs) It's it's fine. Uh, But then, you know, we come to No Time to Die. And I'm going to tell you, after delays and delays and delays and trailers, I was very tired of being excited for this movie. I had seen the trailer. I just didn't care anymore. And it, like Casino Royale, from the jump, I was all in. What is this opening? That opening for 25 minutes, I was like, what is what is happening? Jean on the floor, Vespa's grave explodes. And then it just He's goes. He's getting H. his ass beat and yeah. just motorcycles off of cliffs and cars. And Ropes stones. off the bridge. I was like, I, this is insanity. Ooh, I, yeah, I was like, oh, we're back to this Casino Royale, like larger than life action moment. That is really like Sam Mendes gets in Spectre. The start of Spectre is also very good with the Day of the Dead and these sweeping shots in this parade. But I was like, this, this is like an intimate big action scene because he's also being, in his mind, betrayed a second time by somebody. Correct. So we get emotional stakes there that we hadn't really seen since Casino. And I think I was like, oh, this is so good. Well, that's what my brain was like. Just before we even get to the, the opening theme, we have a fantastic action sequence and a gut-wrenching emotional beat all before the movie even starts. Yeah, I was like, oh, we're going to do this for three hours. <laughs> I don't think I could keep up anything like this for three hours in my life. I mean, I like... I'd have to take lunch or something. This is impossible. Yeah. But just that alone, and then you, the, through the rest of the movie, watching these his relationships with these characters in a way, like we've seen Bond not be 007 a lot. We've seen his country turn against him. We've seen Timothy Dalton go against the people he trusted. So we're not really infusing a lot of new stuff into it, but we are bringing back a lot of old stuff that made those Bond movies big. Like part of the reason the Dalton ones are awesome is I'm like, <laughs> he's just a killer. It's kind of murdering people. Yeah, I don't want him shooting everyone. <laughs> right. And we've got to watch him go up against MI6. That we got to watch him come back from the dead. And we've, we've seen him kind of do it from every angle. So watching a, a retired by choice James Bond gave us this weird moment I felt like to see the relationships without the work 
like just watching him party with Felix and they're playing their game and they're doing their bits they're and he's offering I'm yeah. like oh, this is great I've never really seen them just be friends because you know when I haven't seen him as Jeffrey Wright I've seen him as a cowboy and that's a very different kind of thing yeah although I do love big cowboy hat Felix <laughs> <laughs> um and then yeah like all these emotional beats are are great we see it with M when he calls and he wants to know what he's doing. We see it with the new 007. He's having fun with Ana de Armas. Like all the things that I felt like were missing in even Casino Royale and Skyfall. Like part of James Bond movies is the fun. And Pierce Brosnan maybe had a little too much fun. Yeah, too much, yeah. But I felt like we were back a little bit to that. I was like, he's making jokes. He's we got a bit of that. With Q. It sort of started a bit inspector. Um, and then this one, it kind of was like that perfect balance between being the old school bond and some of the new stuff that that we got here. Because I, like I, I, we said off mic, I love the Anna de Armas sequence scene. It's fantastic. But them taking a moment to have a drink in the middle of the fight just made my day. I was like, this is this is perfection. That's right. She lit up that movie like a she was, Christmas tree. I could it not. It was stop amazing. Smiling. Yeah, it was great. She was. I was like a a, a friend of mine had made a like a tweet video of like well we should have a, a, a dorky bond girl and i was like we did then that was a great timing she's just like silly she's still nerdy but still, a, but still a badass at it too i was like oh man she is her action sequences were some of the best action sequences that that i've seen in a long time when she just drives that car <laughs> into it to get him down and even that like weird scientist was such a like almost Boris is back from Goldeneye, but he's like much worse. Yes. And I was like, oh yeah, we haven't had like a kooky scientist in a while. Like in a minute. We, there's some weird archetypes that we just didn't do in a like post, everything has to be dark and gritty world. Yeah. In a post Jason Bourne, Batman Begins like universe that Casino Royale birthed. Well, then it, it was after all those things, but I was like, oh, cool. We've now, we're now taking the best from that and the best from all of the rest yeah. of Bond's history and smashing it together. So, like, we laid this blueprint of us being gritty and dark, but we're putting in some of those layers of what used to be the typical Bond. And I, and I, and I dig that. When he gets in a suit in that sequence, that same Honor to Armor sequence, I'm like, yeah, there he is. There he is right there. Uh, it, it, and that's what I, I, Overall, I came to see and I enjoy. I, I, I will say this, and then we'll get on to some of the things that I did not like. I love the the story beat of this. Um, the emotionality and the, the ties with Madeline won, but I also love that what the concept of the, the villain is trying to do and what his, what his arc and what he's using is great. I just don't like Rami Malek in this film. Um, he's very, very forgettable, very bland. And I think for me, this is why this film is probably three in the Daniel Craig ranking is because for me, I think as good as the bond is, Daniel Craig's always holding his in the other half for it to be a top tier film. The villain has to be good. And I think Mads Mikkelsen and Casino and Javier and Skyfall are top tier. Whereas I would say that Rami is, is very bottom level for me. A lot of it is because I, I just don't think they was given anything to, to, to work with. Like he doesn't have an interaction with Bond. And so he's pretty much the final act of the movie um and it doesn't really seem like he has a a reason to really be going after bond other than like i like the playgirl that you're playing with so i'm gonna play with her and, and and get you off the board there doesn't really seem to be a reason why they are batting heads more so than just the film needs them to uh which sort of felt like an issue for me 
Well, it's funny because we do the thing that I sometimes really like where the villain kind of wins right away. Like we go to the Anade Armas party and he gets sprayed with gas. And for some reason, James Bond does not think he's infected with the virus after being doused with it in a room, which <laughs> perplexed me that then when he went and saw Blofeld, he wasn't like, maybe I shouldn't touch this man. But we're living in a pandemic and people are doing goofy stuff. So I buy yeah. it now. Uh, but here we are. <laughs> So like that, that and like small moments like that kind of got to me. Like even when she she's on the train and she touches her stomach, and I was like, pregnant. That one's pregnant. It's a pregnant. There's gonna be a baby later. And I was like, <laughs> okay, we, like we don't. We're like really like really hitting it hard. And that's what's yeah. Coming. And then specifically and, five years later, like I I see what you did here. I know it. Why is this movie just Endgame? <laughs> it is actually. Like, hear me out. The supervillain needs something that in theory could wipe out half of the population at random, or if he chose to make it specific right uh daniel it's a main character who we've been following since the mid thousands last hurrah who takes a break after failing for five years and only returns when his friends come back to get him to do it that's right he now has a family and a child that has become the the agency for his soon-to-be sacrifice it's just we're just doing it it's in it yeah that's 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 pretty accurate I, all he needed to do was give felix a shield and i would have been like <laughs> there we go <laughs> but you know we had a small cameo for a, a character that you know could have been bigger but whatever there just weren't any mice that's in him back in time that's all that's it was true. really missing but that was also my one kind of thing i was like oh i feel like i was just here with another franchise but the only other thing that didn't really work for me and I really wanted it to was the new 007. I felt like yeah. the C story for her should have been a mini Casino Royale. Because mm -hmm. I think back to that arc of like, he's brutish, he doesn't really know what he's doing, he's trying to prove himself and then he figures it out. And I really kind of was like, oh, that's what she needs. And instead we're doing like hot potato with the title 007 who no one seems to actually care about. Bond certainly does. She does, and she plans. She's she comes off more as a privileged baby sister, a little sister who's like, "Oh, my big brother's coming to take my toy, and I want my toy back." And it just it plays wrong if you're trying to make this person supposed to be a badass or or a character that we care about. Uh, I think there's a different way to handle that than what they've done. Um, it's funny. I was just thinking about like how in the Black Panther movie, Okoye feels like an equal to T'Challa. Like that's sort of what they should have been going for her with here, and, and it just it just never gets there. In fact, in the brief moment that uh, Paloma Anade Armas' character is on screen, I feel more of a care character and like she can handle her shit from her than I do anything that that Nomi gives, which is a, is a, is, a, is an issue. Because I'm sitting here when this film is over with, I think the, the, the conceit or concept of like, hey, if we were to continue and it wasn't, we don't restart everything over and do it with another Bond, would we? Would the audience want to see uh, Lashana as 007? My, uh, me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to see that. I would give it a try because I was like, I, I don't think the problem was her. I think the problem might have been what the script gave her to do. Yeah, because I like uh, her. Yeah. Yeah. But like the, the biggest problem with her arc to me was... You know, she she confronts James and does this, I'm 007, I bet you thought they would retire it. He just doesn't care. And you don't even get a hint. It, 
Daniel Craig doesn't play it like he's trying to pretend like he doesn't care. Like it really plays like he's like, okay. I don't care. I don't. Sure. I, I don't like care I, at all about everyone I love about. is dead, and I'm living yeah. in this cabin. I really don't care. Also, I just found out that your boss manufactured a weapon of mass destruction. So any care I would have had in this institution is gone. Bigger potatoes. Like, it, like I don't exactly. care. Yeah. yeah. So then you have another scene that I think was supposed to be like Marvel funny, but it didn't really land where they're going to reinstitute him as a double O. And she's like, double O what? But who takes it? And she says it twice. And I was like, I did. And everyone just ignores it. And yeah. I was like, if somebody should have at least been like 10. Right. Like, or, just give or, him one. Or don't worry about it or something like they don't even acknowledge that he's got the double O. So we're just assuming that he naturally gets it back. I and mean, it just doesn't play right because it makes like I, I say, think M says whatever we have. But I'm like, like, so M doesn't even, the numbers don't even matter to him. He's to just him. like, I don't know, 0012. Right. Like, what, and no one calls him by his double O call at all through this movie. They refer to him as James or He Bond. is James Bond in this right. movie. It's not a right. double O. Like Casino Royale was a double O seven. Correct. He's earning that title. And this is very much like Iron Man without the suit. He's he's James Bond now. Right. And and then you have this like last beat where she's like, I want him to be 007 again. And everybody is still like, oh, okay. Okay. Cool. But that takes away from like the only good moment with that, this game of hot potato where he calls her 007. And I'm like, that's the growth we should have. That's a big thing. Because it he is cool be... that he's been so dismissive to her with that. He's like, I don't care, I don't care. And he's like, you know what? I know this means a lot to you. And you burn. She's 007. Like, that is where you should do it. And then drop it from that point on. Like, no one else should be talking about this. One of the great parts about this, this line of movies, this Daniel Craig run of Bond, is that they're getting into something that the James Bond movies have never really dealt with, which is aging and getting old and times even changing and you see that a lot in these movies of like oh we used to be able to sit in a room with the villain now they're just out in the ether and I, I feel like that's a theme they touched on in almost each one of like he's an old fossil we're trying to do it the old way but like we can't do it the way we used to do it oh you're probably akin to a a pin that shoots bullets like we're we're talking about how everything is different and the game has changed and to really fully have that, you need the moment where the main character realizes, like, oh, I'm I'm out of the game now. Mm -hmm. Like, even in, in, I'll use Endgame again, when Captain Marvel saves Tony, you get this weird kind of juxtaposition with Iron Man, where for a while, he was in the cave, and he could build a way out. And he can no longer build a way out. Right. And he sees Captain Marvel, and he calls her new blood. And it's almost him being like, I'm out, guys. She's the new it. I can't fight this guy. She can do it. And he right. goes away. And I was like, this is almost what this movie needs. Like James almost needed a beat where he was like, no, we're done with me. This right. is it guys. Like I'm, I'm not continuing. She's let, she's taking this from here on out. Yeah. Um, something like that. There doesn't feel like a clear enough passing of the torch. And I get it because the story essentially is the, the finale of our James Bond, but it just doesn't feel like they, they do anything enough for that character to sort of exist. But I do, what I will say that I do appreciate though, and it, this series has sort of gotten out of that because they've attached him to either Vesper or to Madeline, but the Bond women have progressively stopped being bed toys for, for our Bond. Like in this film, not both of those women are I don't think badass. he sleeps with anybody. No. Madeline is the only I don't even think they, they don't sleep together in this film oh yeah they do at the very beginning they do um, yeah at the very beginning but that's, that's and when he goes to the house that's his only person 
Um, he doesn't, he's not sleeping around, which is a, a, a stark change for, for that character. Yeah, as I believe the history at this goes point on. it's 56 people that James Bond has slept with. <laughs> so um, it's cool that they put two badass women in there uh, to, to just be like as equals to him, um, while one of them I think succeeds much better than the other. Right. In her and brief think- time. <laughs> That's the interesting part is I, when Ana de Armas was on screen, I was like, oh, she's going to become 007. That's where we're going. Oh, she's gone. Yeah, she's gone. And I, and I, and I'm not going to lie to you for a good, for a good 25 to 30 minutes after that sequence, I was like, but she's coming back, right? Like we're going to get her back. Oh, and almost every time something was happening, I was like, she's going to come back. (laughs) She's going to be on the comm. Right. But there was like, there was a lot of stuff, but you're right. Like the, uh, the only character who, you know, my roommate and friend of the show thinks is still Dr. No, but a scene was cut out because they do call him doctor. He does break his arm in that pool and he is surrounded by Asian decorations. So I'm like, okay, yeah, he is very Dr. Noish. He was super Dr. Noish. Even the way that that lab is sort of set up feels like that, 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 that whole thing but yeah they never lean into it nope, i think they just snipped that out <laughs> two years they have yeah. uh, but I, almost all the other villains around him were better like logan cash or logan crash whatever we call him that was mm-hmm. fantastic and his death with that tree and i had a brother i was like oh these are the moments we've never had yeah no, that uh, was the great crazy weird scientist who we throw into the poison even the, the henchman with the eye and that was, that was great. great more yeah. classic bond nonsense yeah. this is what i want when yeah. we do the reboot i want and all the gadgets that we've got a watch gadget back we've got a plane it's like oh this is way better than it's a the dna grip that the gun can't shoot unless it's him these are bond gadgets yeah. we're back we're opening up this eye with all these media files oh it's great I was yes. like, this is some spy stuff i don't fully know what his plan was at the end because what I was saying before was, you know, he kills all of Spectre, then he gets to kill Blofeld, and I then he won. Because unless game, I missed a beat, it's his, over. Yeah. his I, motivation was my family was Spectre, Blofeld killed my family, I want Spectre back, I've killed them. He should be done. Um, now, I do realize that Bond, I think Bond goes after him, but it seems like at the, the impetus of it, he shouldn't want anything. Like, he shouldn't be going after Madeline or, or the kid. Like, it should just be like, all right, Bond's coming after me now. I have to protect myself. But they, they, they sort of shoehorn in this way that he's like, well, I'm a murderer and you're, you're the same as me. And like, I don't feel like that was earned. I don't think we deserve to get No, that. yeah, we have this, that, yeah, one of these weird, like, you and I are the same. But yeah. all of that to say, this is our send-off. What did you think of the send-off? Because, you know, we've never really sent off a James Bond before. It always just kind of ends. It, it, yeah, and the either, next it, one starts up. Yeah, it either ends with, and it typically ends with like either the, the actor has aged out or negotiations have, have stalled or they just didn't want to do it in George's case, George Lazenby's case, or the studio's like, ah, hey, we're moving on. And so this is the first time that we, we actually get a, a proper farewell. And it was... It was good to see. It was funny because when the movie was over, I sat there for a moment. And yes, I was sad, but I also was, I was smiling while being sad. Like that, because I was like, that was a really well done way. Well, look, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just like the shot of it. Alone, and, and you 
viscerally see it. Like it, it wasn't like we we're going to fade to black. That would have been disappointing. It's like, oh, we couldn't play this game, or we might try to bring him back or something. Like, no, this is it. We're done. Um, yeah, he's poisoned. He's bleeding. He's been he's poisoned, shot. Bleeding and, and rocket missile <laughs> landed on him. <laughs> we we have done everything human class would tell you. This is it. And I I but I loved it. It was a gorgeous sequence. And I think what happens, and it's sort of the Armageddon of it all. I think the call before the inter the. Uh, uh, subsequent death is what did it for me like him having that combo with yeah. Madeline and then him and her sort of saying the eyes like being the kick the, the telltale for him to be like yeah this is your kid and you know He's I like, hate to do it but that might not be in game but it is Avengers 1 if Pepper picked up the phone that's true that's <laughs> <laughs> true that's true every beat I was like I've seen this before it's fun it, it is there are a lot of these beats have been done before but it, it, it just culminates and came together pretty pretty damn oh it's well. great i mean i'm not yeah. saying it's bad it was just i was like these are there's a big yeah. parallel and, and i just love that now this has been sort of it's we're going to get a bond somewhere down the line where it's completely restarted and redone and doing its own thing but i love that i we have now these five films that sort of exist as these bonds to themselves um and we, we don't really get that anywhere no else it's franchise. one of the few times that we've really made a point to tell a full narrative between the five whether or not that full narrative is always effective right it, it remains to be up for debate but it wasn't uh, <laughs> which was almost like i kind of was like you know his death was great and the little speech was really good and the sacrifice and the phone call was all great but you know where I think I liked some other sacrifice movies. I'll use Endgame again, as I'm like the the killer that beat him was kind of superfluous to his journey. He just went back to go open something, and some guy got the better of him. He mm -hmm. shot him into some poison, and I was like, oh, this would have had a bigger impact if, you know, I know Blofeld did the like I'm the author of your pain jams, which is a silly line, but. It would have been cool if it had been something that more he had been dealing orchestrated. with this whole time. If it was more orchestrated or more detailed to get to that point, it seemed like it was just happenstance. Like, oh, you happen to be going, I'm going back to reopen these gates and you just happen to be here still. And then his, you're getting in my way. His trauma for the whole movies was Vesper and the betrayal of somebody Correct. that he loved. And that betrayal again happens and he sends her on her way. And then he finds out that that's not what happened. He forgives her. We've learned forgiveness We've completed the arc and he can never be with them. So he pulls the trigger, mm -hmm. which is a good like family country. It's very Jane. On his it's end, very... the beats all line up. Like on Bond's end, it all makes sense. It's just the vessel used to get to that point doesn't quite line up. Like it's not impactful enough for him to get to that point. Because um, I also was in that same boat. Like I, it felt, I was so happy with how it all came together and it paid off, but I kept sitting there like, Saffin doesn't deserve to be the one that puts this poison on him. Like something else has to happen to make this happen, or it needs to get a, be a better detail to get to this point. Which I think is also why I was like, just let him be James Bond. Like let him just die as James. I don't need him to die as 007. I think that's where yeah. that arc should have gone. But otherwise, I mean, I think it's probably my second favorite Daniel Craig under Casino. I think I liked it more than the other yeah, one. It really Apple. was a yeah, I think this had a great ride. Uh, I like Skyfall a lot. It's pretty, pretty close. But, I mean, one of those, in, he dies. <laughs> like, it has to be high up. And it's, it's yeah. spectacular. Yeah. That this really was like a Bond movie to me. I was like, this. all the stuff I had missed was in this. But I think 
the really interesting kind of thesis of it when we look at our show of like, why are we doing this? So I now kind of look at this whole franchise and you, all the Bond movies, you can almost look at like, where are we in storytelling? And I, you go back to Dr. No and from Russia with Love and Sean Connery's James Bond, who was infallible. And he was almost like an old Flash Gordon hero who, there was no arc, there was no change. It's very Indiana Jones. He's yes. just there to get through the story and he's going to be awesome the whole time. He's badass doing it. Yeah. yeah. There's no, he's already is who he is and that's good. And we did that for a long time. And that's kind of how our big movies were. Almost all of our heroes of that era were heroes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were just heroes who saved the day. And then through the Roger Moore movies and even the, the Timothy Dalton ones are almost more. They're like 90s. They become very R-rated, hard, like a drug cartel. Like it becomes really grimy and gritty. A, a little bit of what starts the seeds for whatever we get with Craig. And then they're like, we're going to go complete opposite with Pierce, but they kind of come back to it because that's sort of what Timothy sort of started with those. Well, and it, it's funny when you almost look at those release patterns, you were in a post-Star Wars world then. We're really doing the hero's journey now in movies. All of our characters have these, an origin story an arc and then a completed arc, which at the time just meant like whatever their fatal flaw was changed and we moved on and they learned and they grew and they became them. Spider-Man 2, all the Star Wars movies, a lot of old new Star Trek, Batman Begins. And the Pierce Brosnan ones, really the first one kind of gave us that too. There really is a lot of growth for his character in GoldenEye. I think that's why it has more impact than the other three that follow. Four that follow, three that follow. You only got four. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because then, you know, we talked about like the Jason Bourne and the Batman Begins impacting Casino Royale and the reboot. That was the mid thousands was when the word reboot was being thrown around like cheap candy on Halloween night. There's little strawberries in the wrappers. That's what I'm talking about. No, Everyone no. had them. And everybody was rebooting and redoing. And now it's got to be dark and gritty and real. And that's where we were and where our heroes were. But what's interesting now when you see it end, I look at kind of where we were, you and I even as moviegoers in the thousands. We had started Batman Begins. We were about to start Iron Man. We had started Casino Royale. X-Men was in full swing. A lot of our other franchises were coming back. And all of those now, if the serials were about like characters that were infallible, these old 1940s through the 1960s swashbuckling heroes. And then we started doing the flawed journey, the Luke Skywalkers, the Peter Parkers, the Bruce Waynes. It feels like now we're at a weird period where we're watching them die and mm, whatever their last yeah. arc is. It's, it's like it's, their last hurrah before they ride off of the sunset uh, or not. And I think what I'm kind of starting to land on is that it seems like what that is, is the like the healing of trauma and the sacrifice for what's next. It is that weird, like the last Jedi has that let the past die. Mm -hmm. And that's how you move forward. And it sort of started in Star Wars the same way the hero's journey did with Han Solo's death, where he is coming to grips with his past, but we really do it in The Last Jedi. Whether or not you like that movie, you get a Luke who is dealing with the ancestral drama and tragedy and trauma of his life. And once he overcomes that and meets Ray and realizes there is hope again, and I have to do this one more time, 
He sacrifices himself so that the story can continue. Right. Tony has a similar arc from, from really not Iron Man 1, but Avengers onward of like, I have to protect everybody. Mm-hmm. I have to put a suit of armor around the world. I've seen what's coming. I'm not enough to do it. And part of that journey is him finding the teamwork that that allows him to do it. And his sacrifices again for his family. We then did it with Logan and we saw him dealing with the man who felt he could never have that happiness and family. And then he does get it. And then he does yes, get the, the noble. And now Bond. And we're dealing, this one is more about trust and learning to trust people. And it, and by the time he does it, it's time to go. That's what's, that's what's crazy about it to me. It's something that happens with people as they grow up in life, but that's something you you held on to for so long. Like if you think about this, Casino Royale, his first one, that's 06, there's a 15 year gap between these films, so roughly about- And then another five year jump. For right, him. so 20-ish years that, that exist from, from that moment when he's betrayed and he's been holding on to that. He's like all women, he's, he sort of disposes with them at that point, which is cool because that gives a creation to why that bond is a lady killer. And it's like, I don't care about these women. But he, he doesn't release that until this one. And then you're like, I finally let that go. I'm willing to forgive. Oh shit, I'm dead. I have to, I have to die. <laughs> which is, that's a crazy thing with mortality. That's, that's how sometimes people say, just let go of stuff. Because if you hold on to it, by the time you're ready to let go, that could be the end. And yeah, it won't matter anymore. Yeah, it's a very, yeah. it's a tough thing to do. You know, it, it's a very real journey though of like the letting go of trauma and the, and the trusting that the stuff you're leaving behind is going to accomplish the stuff that you need. Like there is a very weird sense of him also being like, well, they don't need me. She's going to raise the kid right. The kid's going to be okay. 007 is going to take care of it. M is going to be able to do this. Like That's he, the other part of it is him being comfortable enough to do that. Like he knew that like she's in, like my daughter is, is in a good place. Like she will be fine. Madeline will be fine. They will take care of you. You guys will be good without me. You might even, he might even probably thought like you might, might be better off without me because I, I bring trouble usually when I come around uh, and you've done a good job and continue on. So yeah, it's part of that too. It's even the beat that they give Pepper in Endgame of like, we're going to be okay now, Tony. You can, like, she almost gives him the permission to, to die. Get, to let go. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's, yeah. And that happens injured. a lot with people who are like sick and they're like, they've been holding on and they're like, I, I need to do this because not all my affairs are in order. And you're like, hey, you're in a lot of pain. Release it. Let go. We, we're good from here. We, we will be okay. Uh, and and that's it's a really, crazy thing. I bring up Batman Begins as part of this because if there's one thing this movie proved to me, that we should have killed Bruce in the Dark Knight Rises. Uh, I, I think I don't. I, agree. I don't. I don't know if we were ready for that story yet in 2012. Well, yeah. But clearly, what we're seeing between all these other movies and Indiana Jones is up next. That we, as an audience, there is a catharsis in seeing that, and it lets your franchise keep growing because they're Sometimes, not going to not make a. Jam. They're not sorry, right? It's not we're going to ever do it again. You'll be able to kill that off, and if you have new ideas to do it again, you can restart from the ground up. Yeah, I, I agree. I think sometimes they get so afraid of killing titular characters, they're like, "We'll lose the audience; they'll never come back." That's 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 a lie. <laughs> that is not just not true. Now, I will say the one thing that almost all of these have in common, except for Star Wars, but it kind of does, is like we're already getting these weird tropes with the, first of all, they're all men. <laughs> they're all white men. 
So we haven't really, you know, that's one version of the yeah. story. There is almost this this weird, like, the white man sat, which I'm like, yeah, we don't need to be doing this. <laughs> but there's a very weird part of it that I'm like, all of these characters, Logan, Tony, James, even Batman, who didn't die, because why would we do that? Right. All of them gave up and then had a time jump. So that's our first big, like, to do this arc, apparently they need to be quitters. And then, yeah. And then something needs to happen that makes them come back for the last round. Right. They are almost, all of them are revealed to have now have a family, whether it's a surprise to them or a known variable, except for Bruce. Yeah. Even Star Wars kind of has this weird, like, fatherly relationship with Han and Rey and then Luke and Rey. And Rey's parentage is such a big point of that story that it's not quite the same, but it also kind of is. It is. Yeah, it kind of is. Uh, like, so it's this very weird, like, the scars of the family. And it's like, oh, the, the fallen angel and then the sins of the father. And I'm mm. like, oh, we've, we know all of these in other places, but we have to keep jumping five years and having a kid. I'm like, we, we've started a cool new part of the story that this I'm is, like, well, we've never is, done this. This is now a I part never, of the story, yeah. When I was a kid, I didn't watch Luke or Spider-Man or Batman die, but in the last couple of years, I have seen every single major pop culture character die and I've loved it. And it's been great. But There's why do they all like have secret children? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, that's, apparently when you take some time off, there is nothing else to do but have a kid. <laughs> it's like it, it well, it's amazing that we've already when we talk about the hero's journey or when these characters are infallible that we were like well yeah it's you know how it's gonna be he's gonna lose the mentor then he's gonna fail then he's gonna figure it out and then he's gonna win it's, it's like a, we did that quick enough and we already are like well you know how it is he's gonna I, quit he's gonna I, have a family <laughs> i get it, it, it because it's, it's done it's done in these films where they know that they're going to end because the writer is also thinking on the back end hey we're not ending it's not a complete finite. There is still a legacy continuing on. And so that is a part of the saying, yes, there's a child on the board. That's probably why they didn't kill Bruce because there isn't, there was not an offspring in that, in that case, but for James, for Logan, to an extent, that's his kid. That's what he refers to as. So it's one of those ones where I think because there's a, 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 an offspring or a legacy person on the act, they're like, we can comfortably remove this person because they, they will feel at peace because they are continuing their, their life on through, through their, their young ones. So. Right. We can't all abscond to Paris. Yeah. Uh, just go have drinks and, and cheers to Alfred. I, I hate that. I hate it. It's so bad. <laughs> I think we'll probably have a very similar conversation next week when we do Halloween Kills because I feel like the horror space is also there, but they're Especially doing that in a series. very different way. Especially with that series. Um, yeah. So I'm, I think that's something else to kind of think on for next week of like if if we're now at the sacrifice of the heroes, how does that relate to the the horror genre, which is right. going to be more about the victory of the hero, the final victory, I think. But that's it, you know. It made fifty six million, yeah. which COVID, but also, you know, running time. It made ninety million for Venom. We couldn't get sixty out of this for Venom. Well, I, mean, I think that's a, the exact flip, though. I think because Venom was only an hour and. 27 minutes where this is two hours and 47 minutes you can get that extra two run times in good point that yeah now there, there are less there's more theaters and less chances to see the movie because it's in yeah. 4400 theaters right now but you know 56 million here and 300 million worldwide is it's already well. more than skyfall's lifetime gross 
Yeah. Uh, which tells you a lot. It one tells you when he tells it's the last time they're gonna go. You're like, coming out. Welcome to the new marketing point of like <laughs> the last crusade, but it yeah. actually is the last crusade. Um, it shows you people are going. It, the world is getting back to normal-ish. Not yeah. fully, like be safe, but like we're getting there. Yeah. Um, in some areas, not really. I don't know how I really. Some places are worse than others. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but regardless, it is the fourth highest opening. All of them have been Craig movies: Skyfall, Spectre, Quantum, No Time to Die, then Die Another Day, which ironically was another the end mm-hmm. of something. But it's good. I mean, it, it, I think it'll stick around. Obviously, they also now have Amazon money. It's not like James Bond's going to go anywhere. No, they're cranking these out. They're going to they're be back on the board. I'd, I, what is this, two, 2021? Technically, it's weird because they technically, this should have come out two years ago. So they might have like go off in 19. But I'd say with by 2024, there will be another Bond on screen. Um, that feels so soon. It does feel soon. But I know they're, the- they're, they're not going to name a Bond this year i think they're gonna let craig finish this year out as the bond and they'll start announcing yeah that that's what they said they were like we're not yeah. gonna did go enjoy this for now yeah which i, I like because i get very tired of the who's next conversation like, we'll to the next one always yeah i think let's sit in this let's let, let's enjoy this and then i think they'll announce sometime a, in the middle of year four years in between die another day and casino so that mm-hmm. might be right on the money yeah, so I, so I don't know if they're going by 19, 2019 or this year, but either way, I'd still say that 2024 seems like the sweet spot. But... Did it change your mind at all? Are you a Daniel Craig's the best Bond guy now? He's, he's, been, he's my number one. He's my oh, number really? One. Well, he's my number one. Bond. I just love these series. Um, uh, and Connery's too. But yeah, those are, those are my, my one and two. Um, and then that's not to say that I don't, like I think, I think uh, as far as the film rankings go, GoldenEye and Honor Majesties are pretty high up there for me, even though I don't think that they're my top bonds, but they have some films that I just really, really adore. But yeah, Craig's also if you're about one. to go see these Daniel Craig movies, they're taking a lot from Honor Majesty's Secret Service. A it's a lot. good one to go back to for that. A lot. Um, even the like the the last, just the very last sequence of this with them driving. I was like, oh, you guys are not even like not even trying to hide this anymore. Yep. <laughs> very, very similar. Uh, but I, you know, whatever. Take the best of what works, and, and then feed it to me on a spoon. Yes, and I will enjoy it. <laughs> uh, that's been the show, guys. Obviously, this was great. The only other great thing about my viewing was that I got to see Daniel Craig there in the theater. Mm-hmm. Him and Son Randy Malik introduced yeah. the movie. It was <laughs> awesome. It would have been nice if the people behind me, who were too drunk or high to be in the theater, would have stopped talking and giggling. That would have been a thrill. Oh, but it no. did not take away from seeing Daniel Craig there. What a awesome time nice. i'm glad he, he took the moment to introduce the movie it was a very cool way to send off this franchise and that character if you've enjoyed the show you can of course subscribe on your podcast app or on youtube and leave us your review and follow the show on hollywood adi we also have the marvel pair up show about all the disney plus shows and you can't do that anymore about movies that you might not be able to do anymore based on several different variables i'm at as always blake terrence is at terrence tatum and we will see you guys next week for halloween kills later Thank you.